Thanks to Mint Mobile for supporting the Apple Bits XL. For people that hate their phone bill and are ready to cut ties with big wireless, Mint Mobile has your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash applebits. And also, thanks to Indeed for also supporting the Apple Bits. Right now, small business have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical, so go to Indeed, the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ. Nice, slow, and easy. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for all of you who have come back, part of Apple Bits Nation. And for those of you that are new to the show, this is everything good and bad in and out of Apple, kind of the big headlines that matter each week. And obviously, this is a big week because Apple has officially announced that we're going to have an event September 15th. That's Tuesday. Coming up, we will get to all the details around that. But before we do, we got to let you know this show is all about you all. Be a part of it. We've got some great calls this week. All you got to do is record a voice memo, whether on your phone, your laptop, your computer, any platform. Send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. I pretty much, I feel like I put around like 90% of the calls in. If you didn't get it in, it's because it wasn't good enough. Or maybe it's just too long. But anyways... Thank you for being a part of it. All you got to do is put in your name, your number, not your number, (laughs) your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your points, the good, the bad. You want to have corrections or call me out? I'm game for that too. Also, this show would just not be possible without all of your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. I know the times are crazy right now. I'm so grateful because your support allows me to just keep on doing all of this. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is like a cup of coffee if my content is worth it to you. $10, $25, the $100 platinum level. Now, this supports all my work, but the biggest things here for the podcast, you get early access to content, you get bonus rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. I think once you get a taste of that, it's kind of hard to go back. So thank you again for all of your support. I, I can't say thanks enough. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, let's get to the show. This is episode 137. We don't stop here. And obviously the big news is that we were expecting to hear some kind of announcement from Apple. We got that. Now, some people were hoping it would be an iPhone event. Apple didn't make that clear, but we're kind of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. The Apple event will be September 15th, Tuesday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, so that is 1 p.m. Eastern time. And typically, Apple's keynotes have run around during the fall event, about a two-hour event, if they were an Apple iPhone release. Now, the actual invite, everyone loves to read the tea leaves into it. And it kind of had this cool, blue, swooshy Apple logo. You can even go to Apple's website, their event section of their website. And if you click on that logo... It takes you to this like augmented reality um, feature that you can look at this morphine logo that changes from the date, which is 915, into the kind of swooshy blue, light blue Apple logo, which is really cool. Now, they also sent out invitations, and I got an email one, and it was titled, Time Flies. 
And so, you know, people start like trying to figure out what what could this be? Now, the first thing that I thought of is time flies. Well, that's got to be an Apple Watch. It's got to be, right? But then people like, um, Brian, time flies as in time of flight sensor, as in the iPhone has a time of flight sensor. It's expected to get the LiDAR sensor that we have on the iPad Pro. So we're going to see iPhones. So people are like, yay, iPhones are coming. I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't think iPhones are coming based on all the reports and rumors. So Bloomberg's Mark Gurman chimed in and said, outright said, this event will be an Apple Watch and iPad event, not an iPhone event in September. Now, if you've been listening to the show, we've been expecting potentially the iPhone event to get, uh, I guess, pushed out until October, but at least Apple still hasn't come out and said that. So we'll see, but based on all the reports, I'm like 99.9 sure percent sure that it's going to be an Apple Watch and iPad event. We could all be wrong. Apple could pull a fast one. We'll see. So the other things that kind of gave us an indication that this is probably an Apple Watch event, they put up their YouTube live streaming kind of, I guess, placeholder. And someone went and searched in the metadata inside of there. And yes, it lists iPhone and all these other products, but it specifically adds Series 6 to those tags, which would obviously be Apple Watch Series 6. It had iPhone in there, but it didn't have iPhone 12. It had Apple Watch as one tag and then Series 6 as another. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get that. The other thing to talk about is, okay, well, we're, we're saying Apple Watch is going to be there. iPads are going to be there. Maybe. So what are we really expecting? I've done like huge in-depth breakdowns on this show. I have a big in-depth video on my YouTube channel about what to expect with the Apple Watch Series 6 and the iPads rumored to be coming. But the big thing here, Apple Watch Series 6, the next generation, potentially faster processor, same design. Okay. The blood oxygen monitoring built-in feature. We don't know if that's going to apply to older Apple Watches. The overall feeling or reporting indicates that it may not support earlier versions of the Apple Watch. It doesn't sound like there's going to be a earth-shattering Apple Watch Series 6 battery life. There was a leaked battery that pretty much was just barely larger than the current one. Unless watchOS 7 has some massive optimizations, I don't think we're going to be getting that much battery life from it. Additional battery life compared to the other ones, which they say is at 18 hours. But for someone that uses it, um, if I don't plug it in overnight, it's dead the next morning, a few hours in. That's that's my experience. I don't know about yours. Also, you know, with the Apple Watch Series 6, we're expecting a potential update to the Apple Watch Series 3. Think of it as like their iPhone SE, but for the Apple Watch line, because if anyone knows how to kind of squeeze every dollar, every last drop and penny from that product line, it's Tim Cook. He did it with the iPhone SE. It's smart. It is honestly masterful, and it's why Apple is worth, or at least at one point in time, was worth $2 trillion. So Apple Watch Series 3, maybe a bumped-up processor more than anything else, same form factor, and then we'll support watchOS 7. Not all the hardware features, but it might even get sleep tracking on that uh, Apple Watch Series 3 because from what we've seen, the sleep tracking is not very complex. It's actually kind of weak. It's more like a sleep trainer. And that's probably the biggest disappointment for me when I got excited about it. And some people, look, I also agree 
Once you do like the sleep tracking, you kind of look at it for about a week. You kind of understand your patterns. You understand that, oh, I should get more sleep because I hit better REM levels or, you know, I get into the REM cycle when I have better sleep. But the Apple Watch sleep tracking won't even show that. It's kind of more like this is how many hours of sleep you got and the quality it is. It's not none of that like nitty gritty metadata, nitty gritty data that I think we wanted and expect, especially with all these sensors these things have. So fine, sleep detection, same form factor, blood oxygen monitoring. The other interesting thing is that the Samsung Galaxy Watch 3, not only does it already have, um, at least coming to the US and is in the US, it's not available in every country, these features, but it has an ECG. It has blood oxygen monitoring. It also has blood pressure. The Apple Watch Series 6 has not indicated in any reports that blood pressure monitoring would be coming as well. So we'll see what it comes loaded for with. It is definitely gearing itself more as a health device as it's evolved. It's still one of my favorite products of all time from Apple. So that's going to be the highlight. And then we have iPads. The rumors, we talked about it even last week about an iPad Air with a similar design to the iPad Pro. Uh, No face ID camera, but potentially a touch ID sensor in the power button. And then if you look at Apple's iPad lineup, it starts at the kind of standard iPad. And I believe it's 329 for kind of the entry level iPad that is an earlier form factor. The iPad Air currently is 499. And then you have the iPad Pro uh, 11 inch model at 799 entry level. And then the 12.9 inch at 999. So you got 329, 499, 799, 999. That's their lineup right now. We don't know if we're going to see a new mini at all, but that's what we expect. So those two kind of product families are the bread and butter of what we expect to see at this keynote. Now, the other thing, non related to a specific Apple you know, announcement. It's probably one of the announcements that I got the most excited about in regards to the Apple Watch because Peloton, I don't know how many you are on the Peloton train. It is an amazing product. Uh, if you know, like, I'm not going to be going back to any gym anytime soon. I don't know about you all, but it's harder to exercise, obviously, specifically in California. The air quality is crap right now, whether you're in Southern California, whether you're in Northern California, even up in Oregon, pretty much the West Coast is on fire right now. And it, it's not like it's going to go away in a snap of a finger and all of a sudden the air is going to be clear. I even saw photos of where the smoke from California has made its way over to Hawaii. Hawaii. That's crazy, right? So it's it obviously shows how we're all interconnected. And if you don't believe in climate change, I'm going to say maybe you should kind of look at the evidence a little stronger. But we're not going to go there. Anyways, what was I getting at? Oh, yeah. Why am I excited about this? And I'm not exercising as much outside because Peloton, they're launching a new bike. It's called the Bike Plus. But what makes this special is that Peloton has always been based on the Android OS. It is now getting Apple Watch gym kit support where you can just tap your Apple Watch to it. It'll sync up with your device and then sync up your metrics, your heart rate, and then record all that, put it into your health app. There's never been an easy way to do that. Now you can do that once this new bike comes out and with Apple Watch. So that's, those two demographics, the Apple user and the Peloton user typically has some disposable income. And it's something that I'm sure a majority of their users are like, when are you gonna support the Apple Watch? Well, they're gonna do it now. 
pretty, pretty slick. Now, we also talked about the iPhone really not being the flagship product that we will see in September, although historically it has always been September. We know factories were shut down due to coronavirus overseas in China. Well, Bloomberg reports that the iPhone event is expected to be taking place in October. Now, John Prosser, a little while ago, he put out a list of when we should expect to see things. And in his list, October, the week of October 12th was targeted for the iPhone announcement. Now, he also was very strong about saying this week we would actually get an announcement for iPad and Apple Watch. We didn't. Instead, we got the announcement for the event that will have iPad and Apple Watch. Mark Gurman, who was all over it too, he was saying, hey, we're not going to get an event. We're just going to get an announcement for event. So he was kind of the one that was right. But it's cool that both of those guys have come onto the show and we will try and get them back. I mean, it's it's kind of busy Apple season right now. But with we talk about the iPhone 12. We know so much about it. Four different models, three different sizes, 5.4, 6.1, 6.1 Pro, 6.7 Pro Max. That's going to be like the family of the iPhone 12. Now, according to reports, Digitimes claims that we're not going to get a a rollout of all phone models at the same time. In fact, they're reporting that the 6.1-inch iPhone 12 and 6.1-inch iPhone 12 Pro, the distinction between the two is the 12 will have just the dual lens, where the Pro will have the triple lens, and then presumably the LiDAR sensor as well. So. We'll see what that happens, but basically the report saying is those two models will arrive first and launch first, and then the smaller 5.4 iPhone 12 and the larger 6.7 iPhone 12 Pro Max will then come out later in the year, but they won't all come out at the same time. Nikkei reports that the iPhone 12 will start mass production later this month. They're also saying that AirTags production is already in full swing. Now, AirTags, we've known about these things for about a year or so. These are their trackers, Apple's version of Tile, which is going to just completely destroy them because of just all the ecosystem hooks that it brings. And again, all of us here kind of know about the Bluetooth tracker, but the general audience doesn't. And it's going it's going to be a thing. I'm not saying it's going to uh, be revolutionary, but I'm going to probably get a couple AirTags without a doubt. Anyways, those have been under production for a while. Um, We don't know if we'll see them at this September event. To me, it makes sense. Announce them with the iPhone, specifically because the iPhone is the portal that's going to really be able to use the whole Find My app and be able to look at all the stuff. So it makes sense for us to see this in an October announcement as well. But again, no confirmation there. Now, the last kind of fun production report that we have here is that According to Digitimes, Apple's 5-nanometer-based A14X processor, you know, the first Apple silicon chip destined for what we believe will be the 12-inch MacBook right now, maybe the MacBook Pro 13-inch, not 100% sure yet, but it's going to enter mass production in the fourth quarter of this year. It's not specific how early, but ultimately, we know that Apple said we will see an Apple Silicon Mac before the end of this year. Some of the benefits, obviously the super lightweight 12-inch MacBook, if that's the one that gets it as the first model, that's cool. I think there's people that 
have loved the 12 inch MacBook. It depends on what keyboard they put on it. Some people have graduated to the 13.3 MacBook Pro. But if it really does deliver a battery life between 15 and 20 hours, if it does, and it can based on how we've seen how optimized these chips are, it's going to be really special just as a, I guess you could say a proof of concept that this is going to be a big deal moving into 2021. I, I can't wait. It's probably the product that I'm most excited about. I'm also just excited about the evolution of, you know, you think about this Apple with the iPhone and how that product hardware and software intimately tied together, controlled under the same company, intimately knowing how to optimize things. Look, if we don't, people don't talk about it, but they kind of forget Apple. Remember, Apple purchased Intel's um, basically antenna, cellular antenna modem LTE program. And obviously they're working on 5G modems back a little while back. And remember, Intel kind of couldn't deliver on them and Apple then signed a deal with Qualcomm to include their modem in their new phones, which we believe will be in the 12 series. Then Intel, Apple acquired Intel's basically all their IP and talent. And now let's look down a year or two from now. The benefits that Apple will get will now integrating their own chip with their own modem. And not only will that be for phones, they're going to be able to take that chip and bring it directly into laptops. So we will most likely see something like a Apple Silicon 5G or LTE based laptop, I would argue in the next two years. Three years? Two years. And Apple would control all of that. It's kind of getting crazy. And you know, there's going to be other benefits that we don't even haven't thought about, even just how uh, the laptops will be able to do maybe different things in interfacing with the phones because they're all going to be running the same chips. Oh, I don't know about you. I just got a little chubby. <laughs> it's exciting. All right. Other production notes here. Apple, although you got the whole uh, A14 Apple Silicon Mac, does are you guys jumping on this whole foldable bandwagon right now? I don't even want to call it a bandwagon. The trend, I think it's amazing. You, again, it's way out of my price point, but Apple's reportedly now ordered a large number of Samsung foldable mobile phone display samples to be used in whatever devices they're testing or playing around with. Now, we know that Apple has all these patents for foldable devices. We've seen that. We know that they obviously are working on something, but this is kind of the first evidence that they're taking that next step and are making a deal with Samsung to provide those display samples for a future potential foldable something thingamajigger from Apple. And for me, it makes me happy to see this because those, if you're in the Samsung ecosystem, and let's be honest, it is still a little pricey right now, $2,000 for the device. Even what the Microsoft uh, Duo is doing, I think that's around $1,500. I would say of the two, the more polished device is the Samsung Fold 2 just because it's been around longer and they've kind of figured out some of those quirks. But yeah, if you're an Apple user, you 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 hold that thing and a lot of people say, oh, I wish Apple made it. Well, they don't. They don't have anything. But this is the first real evidence of we've seen them actually jumping on board to be a lot more serious about this from a standpoint of they're ordering display samples from Samsung, from a company that 
has the best foldable display on the market right now. So we're getting there. We are absolutely getting there. All right, thanks again to Mint Mobile for sponsoring the show. Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile because they were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. And now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Think about that unlimited data plan for 30 bucks. Like how much is your soon to be X wireless provider charging you? I know right now I'm personally paying around, I think around $90 after fees, but by going online only and then eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings onto you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can also use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contracts. And if you're not satisfied 100%, Mint Mobile has got you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. So break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. I got my Mint Mobile set up and it was honestly a lot easier than I ever thought. I just jumped on the website. I entered in a code to activate my account and then just popped in my SIM card and I was good to go. Depending on the type of user you are, it's pretty hard to beat $30 a month and I've had no issues with my coverage. I now have a plan for my second phone that I can use reliably when I do all the reviews. So that's big for me. So to get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash applebits. That's mintmobile.com slash applebits. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash applebits. And thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this episode as well. Resilience, they say, is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's as crucial in business. It's crucial in health. And if you're in charge of hiring, it should be in really every job description, whether you're ready to make your next important hire or need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. Now, Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, let's just dig back into the stories. And this one, we've talked about Apple potentially bundling all their services together. It's about time that they do this. Well, it wasn't on a Mac that may have leaked or kind of confirmed that this is actually happening. We've heard about this rumor. The service bundle would be called Apple One, and it could see a launch in the near future. That's according to code found in the Android version of Apple Music by 9to5Google. So there were signs of the Apple One bundle found in the 3.4.0 beta of Apple Music for Android, really confirming that Apple Music is expected to be one of the components of the service bundle. So from inside like the app code, 
there's a quote that says, your Apple Music subscription will be included in Apple One starting blank, we don't know. You will not be charged for both subscriptions. So clearly that shows us that Apple One is separate from Apple Music and there is some sort of overlap with that. So you're not gonna be double charged if you have Apple Music and the Apple One service. This is obviously gonna be able to be used on all of your iOS and Mac devices. Now, we don't really know much other than Bloomberg had reported, I believe a couple weeks ago, about the service um, that is expected to launch in October alongside the iPhone, which makes sense if they put it with that announcement. And it looks like it's gonna be several tiers. So the report says that a basic package for Apple One would initially offer Apple Music and Apple TV Plus. Then you'd have like a second tier above that that would include Apple Arcade alongside Apple Music and Apple TV Plus. Then you get a third bundle tier that would now bring on Apple News Plus alongside Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, and Apple Music. And then this higher, higher end tier that I'm not a big fan of that would include Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, Apple News Plus, all the services we mentioned, and iCloud Storage. And I do not like that the most valuable piece of that puzzle that Apple has there is iCloud Storage, and they would only offer it on the highest tier. And I get what they're doing, but I don't, I feel like iCloud Storage should be an option at every tier, not just this like super high end tier package. Fine, make the entry level tier Apple Music and Apple TV Plus add on iCloud Storage. Maybe you give them a better cut if you buy all of them with iCloud Storage, but I still really think probably one of the most fundamental things that most people on their iPhone get from a service standpoint is iCloud before anything else. Now, the report says there may be new fitness-oriented kind of classes, like a service built into that. Think of Apple doing their own virtual fitness classes. You see things like Peloton, who has a bunch of those. Nike has classes like that as well. There's no word on the bundle pricing, but the expectation is obviously that you'd get some sort of savings. And remember, Apple is committed to the services business. They recently doubled the revenue that Tim Cook had asked for, I believe about, was it three years ago? Two and a half or three years ago? Well, they've done that now. And this is only gonna get bigger. So the report says bundle pricing could save customers anywhere from two to more than $5 a month, depending on the bundle. It's also a way to kind of drive activity with some of the other services like News Plus hasn't really been the biggest success. And so I think that helps it. But news the News Plus bundle would be, remember we talked about three tiers, Apple Music and Apple TV Plus is tier one. Then add Apple Arcade to that mix, that's tier two. And then add Apple News to that, that's tier three. I don't think you'd see many people going for tier three, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you are all like a tier three app user, but I do love the bundle aspect. I just don't like the whole iCloud thing. I think it's janky. It's not right. All right, we have, I'm gonna kind of go through this because it's it may be of interest to you guys, but it's just become this back and forth PP match between Epic Games and Apple. So There's going to actually be preliminary hearings coming up pretty soon, but Epic Games recently did. We know that Apple said, hey, uh, we're going to shut down your developer account. Epic Games and Fortnite now currently, unless you have an older version that you can still get access to, and it's still kind of handcuffed because they have an all-new season, 
you you can't get access to it through iOS on iPad or iPhone. Um, you can't even play it on macOS either. But Epic Games had asked the court to allow Fortnite back to the store. They said, these are some of the kind of quotes that they were bringing up when they were challenging Apple because it was the right thing to do. It was better positioned than many other companies to weather the storm of getting kicked off the App Store. And uh, they are saying that Apple is monopolistic. Now, I see both sides here. I do think Epic, you know, kind of with that whole coordinated attack was a little sleazy about it, but I see what they're trying to do here. Well, Apple is basically saying, hey, um, they, they willfully and brazenly participated in unlawful conduct, and they're actually countersuing and asking for a breach of contract damages from Epic as well. Now, the other part of this is, you know, with the whole feature called sign-in with Apple, that's where Apple kind of takes care of your username and password. I don't know if any of you, you have used it are using it. The thing is that most of my services have already had sign-ins and, you know, sign-in with Apple. What's, oh man, I can't remember what it worked for, but it was slick. I only have like one service it worked for. And I'm like, oh, it's easy. But the fact that I don't know the password, I know we're supposed to kind of trust that kind of bothers me but a bit. But here with Fortnite, users that chose the sign-in with Apple, at one point in time, Apple said, we're going to cancel it. You're not going to be able to use it. But just today, they basically came to little Kumbaya and said, you know what, we will indefinitely still allow people that had the sign-in with Apple that still have a working version of Fortnite to be able to use it. Okay, fine. But this is going to, we're going to find out what the courts actually say and decide about this. I don't know how long that process is going to be, but I think it's not going to change until what we talked about, until the courts tell Apple they can't do this Apple can stand by whatever they're doing and say, hey, everyone else is, for the most part, playing by our rules, and that's just how it is. It's good to be the king. It always is. And finally, I don't know if you saw this, but Bloomberg reported that Apple is designing their own custom face masks for corporate and retail employees. They actually have like two different masks that have been developed in-house by their engineering and industrial design team. One of them is kind of the standard looking um, white cloth mask, right? It's a three-layer design, filters both incoming and outgoing particles. It's just basically an Apple mask. They say it can be actually washed and reused up to five times. And it has a de- design with like a triangle shape to accommodate the nose without fogging your glasses up. That's funny because I wore sunglasses and it recently fogged up when I wore that mask. Now, the other thing they though have is like a clear version of the mask, which is kind of crazy. It's, um, they're calling it clear mask and they're distributing it to some of their retail employees because they want to show your entire face so that people who are deaf or hard of hearing can actually understand what the wearer is saying. So they're also working on this new transparent mask to distribute to employees in the future. I'm just waiting to see, uh, what, what, who's the first employee that puts this on eBay and sells it for like 50 bucks? The Apple face mask. You know there's people out there that are crazy enough to do it. I'm not saying I would do it, but people will do things like that for the extra buck. All right, let's get to our phone calls. I told you we had a bunch. We got six calls here today. We're going to go through them. So let's start off with Sam. He wants to talk about the Apple Watch. Hey, Brian. This is Sam from L.A. Uh, 
just wanted to say uh, I love what you put out. I've been watching you for, man, uh, well over eight years now, I think, since your CNET days. Um, always entertaining to get caught up when you put out a video or a podcast. Uh, so just keep doing what you're doing, and I wish you the most success in the world. Seem like a pre pretty genuine dude, and uh, I love the, the the info you put out every single week. Um, just a quick question too. I just wanted to see what your insights were on whether or not it was worth it in buying the LTE version of the Apple Watch. Uh, right now I have a non-LTE Series 5. I'm going to upgrade to the Series 6. Um, just wanted to see what the big pros and cons were in um, paying the extra 10 bucks a month to get the LTE version. So uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. Good luck. Hey, Sam, uh, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And it's funny when people tell me they've been watching or listening for like eight, ten years. It's like, dang, I've been doing this a long time. But uh, I really appreciate everyone for just being a part of this. Uh, thank you so much. So let's get to your questions. And you brought up some interesting points. First of all, LTE, it it's going to come down to is it worth it, the type of user you are. Now, where... I got the Series 3 specifically because of LTE. I wasn't going to upgrade, but I'm like, I want to be able to use it without, use a device and not be tethered to my phone all the time. Sometimes I just like to be in the moment, go out, and the Apple Watch allows me to do this. This is a complete luxury to have in the first place, but where you see the most benefits for me is when I go to the gym, uh, when I went to the gym, or when you go hiking, working out, running or walking, not having your phone on you, being able to just basically wear your workout shorts and your tank top, its it makes a difference. You're freer, you're connected to the world without being connected, and you you know that wristwatch tracks everything. I think those are the people that get the biggest benefit from having LTE on their phone, whether you want to kind of be disconnected but connected, and then specifically if you're super active. The next group would be if you're a worker who has kind of an active job, I'm not saying like a construction site worker, but there's certain types of professions. Maybe you're a teacher and you can't be like looking at your phone all the time. Uh, even I think of like hospital professionals that are always on the go. The Apple Watch, if you don't get Wi-Fi where you are, LTE can assist you and just kind of, again, keep you connected without being connected because I can see emails on it. I can see text messages and I can get calls. That's kind of the three key things you want. Now, you brought up the $10 increase in price. And thing about this is apple talks about it they advertise it um carriers advertise but it's it's not necessarily true because for me if you have an older grandfathered plan they said hey upgrade to support your apple watch so i basically got a plan where i have um data that now can be shared amongst devices um on apple watch is one of them under the same number my plan because it was a grandfathered unlimited data plan which was awesome and i milked that thing for years my plan went up like 30, 35 bucks. And I was like, damn. And I didn't think so because in my brain, I said, ah, oh, $10. Okay, cool. It's just going to be a $10 increase. It wasn't for me. So I think the key thing is make sure your plan, if you're going to do this and you're really committed to like, I will only pay $10 more on your plan, that, that might help make your decision for you as well. So depending on how active you are, maybe your job dictates it. And then also make sure it's only a $10 increase on your plan. Uh, for me, it was absolutely worth it, and that's why it's one of my favorite Apple devices of all time. All right, let's get to our next call. We got Scott wants to talk a little bit about the iPhone. 
Hey, Brian, it's Scott from SoCal. I had a question about what you think about the redesign of the iPhone to have the smoother edges and, and slightly thicker body. I'm wondering if you think that could be leading us to getting a fingerprint sensor on the power button for the iPhone. We all know Face ID is challenging right now with everyone having to wear masks. Plus, also a lot of people wear face coverings for cultural or religious reasons, even without the pandemic. So adding that feature to the iPhone uh, would presumably be the less expensive way to solve for the Face ID challenge, other besides putting it uh, as an in-screen fingerprint reader. And there's rumors that they're adding it to the iPad, so maybe they try it out on the iPad first. And if it goes well, then they add it to the iPhone, perhaps next year. Um, so so just wondering what you think. Thanks, man. Love all your shows. Scott, I feel like you answered your question when you're asking your question, <laughs> like, which is awesome. Um, I, I actually would be all in for it because, you know, the way I hold my phone um, and I can tap it for, our, you know, even when I double click it for I uh, using Apple Pay and things like that. If it had a touch ID fingerprint sensor in the power button, which for the record, plenty of other phones um, have already used this, used this technology, Android-based phones and others. Um, I would welcome it with open arms. You get rid of that notch for me, I'd be super happy about that. And absolutely that whole, if it happens, and the iP- the thing about it is the iPad Air, it's not like it's the most popular iPad. And I'm really curious to see how many people actually upgrade, even with a cool new iPad Air. I think there will be people that upgrade, depending on what they have. But the iPad line is one where you probably just kind of use it as a media player, a web surfer, and then to play a few games. And unless you have a slower one that can't keep up with the current games, you're probably still not going to upgrade. I mean, I got people that have iPads that are four or five years old that still won't upgrade if a new iPad Air comes out. So I don't know how much data they'll actually get uh, from a Touch ID sensor in the power button, but whether they have the data or not, I would love it. To me, it's always been faster and more reliable. And your point about the face mask coverings and stuff, depending on religion or the current um, current uh, situation right now, I think it makes complete sense now. So I'm all for it, if that's what you want to know. But it, you did answer your own question. You're like, yeah, I like it. I'm like, I like it too. All right, thanks for calling in, Scott. Next up, we've got James. BTZ, what's up? It's James from Virginia. I got to be honest with you, man. I do not care about 120 hertz refresh rate when it comes to an iphone it's not one of the things that's going to determine whether or not i buy the new iphone when i get ready to buy an iphone here is my checklist i'm looking for these four things am i ready to buy a new iphone is it the biggest screen that they offer is it the highest end that they offer and does it have at least 256 gigs of storage okay (laughs) so james is like Basically, I'm a go large all the time because of those four things, pretty much every year an iPhone comes out, three of those four conditions are met. Uh, biggest screen, uh, I think you said larger than 256 gigs capacity, which the high end one does. I can't remember what the third one was, but ultimately, the only one that will determine whether you buy a new iPhone each year is are you in the market to buy an iPhone? And that comes down to you your finances, and how happy you are with your current iPhone. So I'm going to guess, knowing you, James, and you've called a few times, you forgot to mention, did they change the form factor? Because I think the design 
is going to really people that are on the border are like I don't know if I'm going to buy a new iPhone when the design changes it typically tilts the scales for people to get a new iPhone I'm just saying that's just how it is even though when you kind of look at it the S years arguably bring some more tech to the table it depends actually I it just depends but if I had to put my money down on it right now James I think you might be the type of user who's going to get the next iPhone. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not trying to plant a seed. I just think you are. All right, next up, we've got Uthman. What up, BTZ? This is Uthman from Queens. It's been a while since I last called or voice memoed into the show. I want to talk about my mom's iPhone 5S that recently died. The screen stopped working. And so we ended up getting her the iPhone SE, which just came out. And she actually enjoys it, even though she says the screen is still too big. But she uses it every day, mostly for WhatsApp and Facebook. But she still uses it and she actually enjoys it which actually works out for everyone. My main question though is regarding iTunes for Windows. Last year, Apple killed off iTunes for the Mac and replaced it with the music, podcasts, and TV apps for the Mac. I was hoping that Apple would do the same for Windows or at least kill off iTunes for Windows because the thing is so bloated. It's the one thing that slows down my computer. Anyway, I was wondering if you have any information regarding iTunes for Windows, like if Apple's going to update the thing or kill off a thing or just leave it, let it be like it is now, because I'm tired of using iTunes. Even when I had a Mac, I hated iTunes. I'm almost at the point where I'm going to switch to Spotify because of this, because at least Spotify on Windows is really good. Hopefully you have some insight on this and it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Brian, for listening to my question. And thank you, everyone, for continuing to support Brian in this really tough time. So everybody, wash your hands, stay safe. I love y'all. Peace. Hey, man, we got Uthman with the uh, with the PSA. I said Uthman in the beginning, but I apologize if I mispronounce it. Uthman, uh, thanks for the love at the end, and thanks for the PSA. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so... Uh, real talk, quick to the point. No, we don't have any information or evidence if Apple is going to kind of follow the strategy of what they did with macOS um, and split up, kind of break up iTunes to simplify it and make it cleaner. That was the number one question I actually had when they did that. I'm like, what's going to happen to Windows? Well, nothing's changed on Windows. We don't know if anything's going to change for Windows. The uh, the thing that I would pay attention to most is whenever this next event, uh, specifically dealing with Apple services, happens. I'm going to imagine whether it's in September or October, and it looks like it's most likely in October that we're going to see the whole Apple One services bundle get announced. I think that's when we really should and would hope to get some clarification uh, because they just can't keep running that same app arguably without any updates whatsoever. Probably it'll be, uh, I guess, almost going for a year, year and a half because it's not like they're constantly updating the Windows iTunes app. And you're right, it's bloated. And that's why they broke it up on Apple, but they did nothing for Windows. So um, I will tell you that I don't have an Apple Music subscription. I'm a Spotify guy. Um, I love it. And so I would tell you that you, you'd probably be happy going to Spotify. 
I'm not saying because I'm happy and they're not paying me to say this. I just really enjoy it. Okay, next up, we've got our man, Jason. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Um, just wanted to check in on a couple of months ago, or maybe it was shorter than that. Who knows in this time how days <laughs> go. I mean, you talked about the button remote for Apple TV, the Function 101 put out. So I got on the list. I uh, finally arrived the other day, popped it open. Worked great, except for when I went to use the volume button. Um, nothing was happening. So I looked into the directions, which were very tiny. I must be getting old man eyes. Um, but it only supports limited TVs and soundbars. And what it doesn't support is a Sonos soundbar, which is what I have. So um, no learning function built into it. So just wanted to give the heads up to your other listeners out there if they're thinking of grabbing this remote. Um, I'd look into ahead of time if it supports the equipment that you have. Um, otherwise, everything else works great, but volume is kind of an important thing, right? So that's it, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Jason, volume is very important. And, uh, you know, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have all the devices in the world to check out the uh, volume control with. I had two different TVs that I could um, use and they were compatible with them. So um, I guess I would say I apologize for not figuring that aspect out, but I hope that, and it sounds like you're enjoying the remote beyond that, except for the fact that you have to use a different volume remote for your Sonos for volume. So. Yeah, that's not fun, but it is honestly. I'm still using the remote, and it's it's pretty badass. I I you know there's reports that, and I just did a video about Apple TV and what we know about it. And there's reports that Apple themselves were working on a new remote, but it didn't look like they were going to change anything physically about the remote. And it's just like if you have the current Apple TV remote, that's little blade, and you have this Function 101 remote, you you gotta imagine. They could really just kind of do something in between with their styling, but you know, it's Apple. They, I don't know how many times I've picked up that thing and I've been holding it upside down. I, f- I feel like I hold it upside down when I first pick it up more often than not because you just can't tell which direction's what. So, thank you for that kind of info. And that's why I wanted to put it in the show and not ignore uh, what you brought to the table, Jason. So, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. We got our last call coming in from Josh. Hey, BTZ. This is Josh from Ambler, Pennsylvania. I was just sitting here trying to search to pre order a movie, and I'm just realizing how just bad uh, Apple TV is. It, it just seems like there's no order or rhyme or reason, and I, I can never figure out where I'm supposed to sign up for things if I sign up for them in the Apple TV app? Will I get a login if I go to the app for that? service or what if i go in safari and want to watch it on a laptop it's just it's it's just so poorly organized and i was curious your thoughts about this whether this is something fixable or if they've kind of um screwed themselves eternally uh because they were um arrogant uh when any q met with the cable companies thanks as always peace all right josh you know what i i thought this was kind of interesting that you brought this up i don't know if it's um arrogance but i think that apple has relied a lot on believing that they can curate things better than anyone can find them and so just whether it's the presentation of the app store um or the current apple tv store you can it's just super curated now with my apple tv i just do a i don't even try and navigate the interface i instantly just go to voice search or you know or manually clunk in the the movie or the title that I'm looking for because 
I just don't spend my time even in the interface of Apple TV, and it, I never thought about it until you just brought this up. Um, even in the App Store, I used to actually kind of dink around and look at apps more often, but because now Apple is kind of just like force feeding you their top ten of this and top five of this and app of the day, I just I stopped even kind of playing around in the App Store like I used to to look around for things. I don't know if that's just me and kind of getting to the point where we have so many apps. A lot of times, you know three, four, five years ago, there was always kind of like a hot new app every like month or two or new game that like you had to play. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of like the Angry Birds era and Flappy Bird and what else? There's like a Temple Run. Is that the name of the game? Just stuff like that. There was always kind of something new coming out, Monument and things like that. But it's certainly not that way. And even, you know, maybe cool games that come out are now stuck in Apple Arcade and not everyone's on Apple Arcade as well. Um, so I think that it, the actual behavior of us as consumers, because we've kind of figured out what we like has changed, but also they're kind of force feeding what they believe is good for you. And that's why I stopped using the app store. I was kind of like, eh. And I also felt it screwed over developers because you could type in a term and see just like all these different apps right away on this certain genre and it's kind of not that way it's 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 different it i don't like how it's presented as much because i think it hurts a lot of the independent developers and only works the advantage of developers that pay money for advertising spots so that's why i'm not a fan of that but i'm with you on that not the greatest interface and i just think it's because of their priority of apple is the ultimate curator versus anyone else All right, everybody, that is going to do it for the calls this week. And pretty much that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Remember, all you got to do is just record your voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com, send them along. We also got to give the big, big thanks to my Patreon supporters at the Platinum, Apple level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Eric Cohen. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, everyone, for your support. I I can't say thanks enough. And patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support the show in these crazy times. And just, I can't say thanks enough for just allowing me to continue to do this. So coming up, the Apple keynote event, September 15th. That's a Tuesday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And you know that we're going to have a recap show to break it all down, to react to it all afterwards. Uh, It's always exciting. You know, Apple season is just starting. I think it's going to be a crazy next two two and a half months man and honestly even all the way through december depending on when they drop that apple silicon mac so just buckle up everybody we've been kind of waiting for this time now it is here and is gonna be wild all right everybody that's gonna do it for this week take care be safe it's the apple bits xl baby we'll talk to you soon peace